Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. What up, folks? Welcome in. It is Sharp Money. I'm Jonathan Von Toba filling in for Patrick Maher. Amal Shaw is alongside as well. Dustin Sweetelson, too. And it is a football Friday as we are here. The weekend approacheth. And football is back. We only get like four days off, but those four days, they seem so long. And you finally get some Thursday night action. So we'll get to plenty of previews when it comes to the National Football League and college football coming up later this weekend. But we begin with a little bit about last night, of course, because Thursday night was odd. It was kind of boring at some points, but eventful in others. The Minnesota Vikings go on the road, take a 34-28 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles improved to 2-0 straight up, and the Minnesota Vikings fall to 0-2. So I think there's a lot to take from this game, and we can focus on the negatives because a lot of people like to focus on the negatives, and that would be the Minnesota Vikings. I want to focus first, though, on the team that won, and I made this statement to you guys, and I will make it yet again as the Eagles uh, win, uh, depending on the number, fail to cover Eagles, one of the luckiest teams, if not the luckiest team in the NFL so far in this early portion of the year. They are 2-0 with six turnovers forced. Four of them are recovered fumbles. Uh, Three of those fumbles last night, I believe, were in their own territory that they recovered, including, of course, the crazy situation at the end of the first half in which Justin Jefferson fumbles into the end zone. We'll get to that topic coming up in a couple of moments. But I don't think you can be overly impressed watching Philadelphia all through two games. The turnover luck they've had, and, you know, I wouldn't say barely getting by. Yesterday they did win comfortably, and they did have to score at the end to make that deficit somewhat larger and comfortable. But I don't think you're feeling great if you're a backer of Philadelphia in any way, shape, or form, futures-wise, after these first two games. No question about it. Look, I know we're only a game into the season for the Cowboys and two games in for Philadelphia, but I have to give you a ton of credit. You like the Cowboys to win the division. doesn't mean anything yet. doesn't mean that they've won it. But from what I've seen so far of 12 quarters out of football of these two teams, Dallas looks like the much better team. You saw Jalen Hurts with that terrible turnover on the interception. And then you mentioned the four fumbles. JVT, I would put the over-under on the number of fumble recoveries for the Philadelphia Eagles the rest of the season at six and a half, and I would take the under. That concluded the ones that they already have, right? (laughs) Probably, right. Well, because in reality, so a lot of people, you can look at this and go, no, they're forcing turnovers. But fumbles tend to be the most random because you have no idea where they're going to bounce. And when you watched last night, I mean, the instance in which the fumbles occurred, like a half a foot from the ground when the arm's about to go down. The fact that I think was it the punt return yeah. where the ball squirts forward immediately straight into the hands of a waiting defender as well. Those are the types of turnovers. To have a guy fumble into the end zone a half, right a half inch away from crossing the pylon about to score a touchdown. Those are the things that tend not to replicate. And when you move forward in a season, it's not something that you can really count on. And when you're talking about now... 2-0 and in two one-score games and having a plus-four turnover differential, that is something that is going to come back to bite you in the long run if you're Philly. No question about it. You know, I want to go back to that Justin Jefferson play. It was 10-7 Philadelphia at that point in time. They ended up getting three points at the end of the half to go up 13-7. to But I thought it was a mistake by J.J. to stretch out the ball. Bill Belichick always tells his players not to do it unless it's fourth down. They would have had first and goal from about the one, one-and-a-half yard line. Easy opportunity to score. Take the clock down, not allow Philadelphia to have a chance. And then I believe Minnesota would have received the second-half kickoff as well, which they fumbled in that possession as well. So I thought many 
things went the Phillies' way. By the way, before we move on towards a different direction this game, can you answer for me why Nick Sirianni up by 12 points with, oh, just over five minutes to go, four minutes to go in the game, did not choose to go for two? No, I can't. And, and so here's the thing. Sirianni is generally a very smart and forward-thinking coach from what we have seen. Now, the question is, was there somebody on staff that was driving those decisions, right? And that maybe, hey, that person's not there, and thus you don't make the proper decision when you're in that instance. Uh, maybe it's just, hey, you know what? Sometimes we have brain farts. I'm all the other day I was cooking, I grabbed the sheet in the oven with my bare hand. You want to know why? Because I just freaking forgot. Maybe it happens every once in a while. Amal's never done that. Because he's never cooked. Yes. Right. But the, but the second part of your statement is not fair. I, I still don't think I'd make that mistake. I'd be one for one if I had done it. Oh, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I forgot my wallet today. Like, right. things happen. Dude, when you're like, moving fast, especially, you know, I, you're moving fast, man. No, I know. Somebody actually just told me a story recently doing the same thing. And I was yep. wondering until until I heard their story, like, how do you do that? Yep. They reached in the oven and grabbed a hot uh, plate. But here's the thing to me with Sirianni. The scoreboard is 12. This is kind of common sense. Sure. It, this is not an error that you'd allow, you should allow to occur. But regardless, you mentioned it. I think Philly's been very fortuitous. I thought it was a mistake on Sunday by Belichick to not to take three points to cut that lead to five. There was an opportunity there. Um, I forgot who the receiver was for the Patriots. Didn't drag his foot properly. I thought he had yeah. plenty of opportunity to get that foot in bounds. Um, you know, things have gone their way. You mentioned it going back to last year. Everything has gone favorably for them. They've played well so far out of the block. Give them credit but they haven't looked as dominant as we saw last year in the first eight to ten weeks of the season. Right, and, and here's the thing. They're still a very good team. There's not any question about that. Good teams take advantage of lesser opponents, and sometimes you need yeah. a little luck to get by them. But from the standpoint that Amal brought up, Dustin, when you look at these first two games and then you go back before the season where they were priced, where they were priced to win the division, market power rating, all of those things, I think that I feel somewhat comfortable looking at the first two games and going, they're at least not the team that the market thought they were, even after two games. I feel comfortable saying that. No, and they weren't the team that the results suggested a year ago. They were very healthy. Other teams were not nearly as lucky from the health department as well. They won like seven games by eight points or less. So then they lost a few games, right? So more than half their games were, were kind of interesting and up in the air late. Like, they weren't this dominant force. Like, remember the Colts game? You're a Colts fan. Mm -hmm. Remember what that came down to at the end? Nick Sirianni at the goal line having to dial something up to come up with a score? Like, they were a team that had a lot of fortunate bounces. That doesn't mean they're not talented. That doesn't mean they're not good. They were just a, a franchise a year ago where everything went right. And so far through two games, it's continuing somehow. Yep. So let's go back to, there's a lot to discuss from this game. Let's go back to the, the topic at hand. I don't like when mom and dad fight, all right? I have a lot, I, it, it's terrible. And we watched Femi Abebefe and Matt Brown just slinging mud at each other earlier today. You don't like inter-network fighting. And it was all over the fumble into the end zone rule. I've got, Matt Brown had a hot take that. I'm just going to say right now, hot. sitting in this seat, <laughs> it was so hot. Like, I don't even, it was like these, the, it was, it was the sun. Like, it was so hot, I didn't even understand what his point was. We'll put it that way when it came to bringing in basketball. I will give you guys the floor first before I give you my hot take that I actually think makes a little bit more sense than Matt's. Your thoughts on the fumble into the end zone rule? Me, I couldn't care less. I'm not on the rules committee. I just live with what the situation is and go forward. I have zero issues with it being a touchback if you fumble out of the end zone. It is a sacred part of the field. You should be more protective of the football, and we're taking away the, the, the chances of people just being cavalier down there trying to get the ball into the end zone. I have no issues with the way it's ruled. Amal, let me ask you a question. What happens in soccer when the ball goes out of bounds? Well, whoever touches it last, the other team gets the ball. Okay. Uh, what happens in basketball when the ball goes out of bounds? Same thing. What happens in tennis if, I, in a rally, I get it back over the net, but it goes out, doesn't hit inside? I get the point. Okay, interesting. I think not only is the fumble out of the end zone the right way to do it, I am amazed that you as a team get bailed out when you fumble the ball out of bounds. You I should, that should be a turnover. Screw the fumble out of the end zone thing. You got bailed out. How many times do we watch and you watch a guy cough it up, but it squirts out of bounds and you're like, oh, thank God. It actually went forward and we're, we're okay. Like, we're all right. That's ridiculous. So stop complaining about it. It should, this is, this should be the whole field. It should just be the end zone. And if the player fumbled, it's one, a mistake by the offense, or two, the defense made a play to knock the ball loose. They should be rewarded for it. That's right. Correct. But I would take it a step further on the offense. It's Execute them. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've been working with Jamie T too long. He knows what I'm thinking. 
look, the bottom line is when it, the offense makes that mistake on a fumble, nobody should try and recover that ball. They should be batting the ball out of yes, bounds. Of There's not even a reason to try and get on that ball where somebody could Kick theoretically it, get, it for, something. Just get it. 100% out of bounds. Just put that ball out of bounds. Are you kidding me? The fact that people don't do that and they try and recover it by the sideline, I'm like, I don't want that player on my team. They're not smart enough to understand the rules. But I, I actually like your proposal. It's not a bad call. Why should the offense benefit from the ball going out of bounds? You should have to make a recovery that out of bounds should favor the defense. Everything else favors the offense. Because in theory, right, the, the theory is if I fumble it, it goes out of bounds. Well, we're in possession. and never exchanged possession, so of course we get to retain it. But no, to Dustin's point, you, you didn't retain possession. The defense knocked it out of your hands. Nobody has possession in that moment when it's loose. What's the goal of the defense? To get a stop or to get the ball. And in that moment, they've at the very least got themselves in a position to get it. You should not be rewarded for it. I'm also offended by the take that it's the worst rule in sports. Explain to me, what is the reason why on a, on a strike three wild pitch or dropped on third strike, the runner should be able to try to run to first? They did nothing to earn that base. Right. Explain to me why the ground can't cause a fumble. Why did we just decide that was the rule? There are plenty of rules if we want to nitpick here that are much worse than a touchback out of the end zone when you fumble out of the side. Also, Come on. Also, Matt Brown coming out of left field with the turn it over in the paint and then you get a free throw the other way. You're in your own territory. I don't understand <laughs> it. You're not, you just get the ball is like you're guaranteed to score. Yeah. I thought that was funny. How about this? In golf, if you don't sign your scorecard, you're disqualified. So none of the shots you made counted. Oh, don't get me started on golf rules. I don't even the, understand. First saying. of all, I think they should play golf during a rainstorm. It would make it a lot more interesting. And by the way, every fan, everyone should be given an air horn when they enter the tournament. Oh, of course. I mean, that's the other thing. The fact that you get yelled at. I can hear the change in your pockets. I think that was Justin <laughs> Thomas who yelled at somebody before. They should have been throwing those coins how, at him. How about you mentioned soccer? Soccer, they just go, ah, we think there's this much more time that needs to be added on the clock at the right. end. Instead of just, they have the ability, they invented watches that stop time. You can now stop the clock every time the ball goes out of bounds no, if you need to. That's actually one of the things that makes soccer great because when you turn on the game and I see like a kickoff at 1 p.m. Pacific time and I know it's 42 minutes past, I know it's 1.42. I will say one thing in soccer, though, the penalty box area is too big for what a penalty kick is given. Give me a break. Somebody's out on the right or left wing, gets taken down in an angle they were never even going to take a shot from, let alone score, and you get a free penalty kick. I mean, come on. There's so many different rules in sports, but the notion that it's a free throw attempt the other way, holy cow, man, <laughs> Where do you go to school, LSU? Also, uh, no, I, before this segment, I just want to put out my hot take of the day. The Minnesota Vikings should trade Kirk Cousins to the New York Jets. That's my takeaway from Thursday Night Football. For a bounty of picks. Absolutely. Add to it. Well, start the rebuild. The rebuild should start on the offensive line. This team can't run the football. Oh, we 28 get, yards last night. we got to get to the Vikings' perspective of things as well because for some reason, again, because we can't think critically like the collective, uh, for some reason, Kirk Cousins somehow is getting blamed for last night yet again, and I just don't really understand what the thought process is there. But... They are in trouble. They what do they think, think so. he's? Travis Hunter? He plays both sides of the ball? <laughs> we'll come back. It's Chart Money here at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic.
This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Make sure to check out the betting splits up on the website of vcin.com. It's the perfect time to do it because we're getting closer, of course, to the weekend of football. You get money and bets for every single game. You get it updated every five minutes. And, of course, today's game's future events as well. Everything we have to help you out is up on the website, including betting splits. Check them out today at vcin.com. All right, welcome back in. It is Sharp Money. Uh, we are getting, by the way, I know we're not allowed to read tweets, but we are getting uh, feedback on the wildest rules. Somebody did point out Hump Day Hockey, of course. I didn't know this. Uh, yeah, the wildest rule, he says, or she, I can't see who it is, um, in sports that if you high-stick someone, it's two minutes unless they bleed, then four it's minutes. four. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's kind of that's crazy. That's a real rule in hockey? Yeah, you didn't know that? No. I had no idea. That's Man, if I got high stick, I would bash that stick into my face. No, I would definitely have in. a razor with me all the, especially in clutch games late. Oh, dude, it's well, that's an old. I'm not a good wrestler. I'm not a big wrestling. Yeah, fan. it's an old wrestling thing, right? Where like if you get hit and you just kind of. That's why they tape their kinda, wrists yep. so that they uh, stick razor blades in there. The oh, yeah. um, first of all, I always think that everyone and I remember I asked Eddie Olchek this: How come they don't wear the collegiate style face mask in hockey? He goes, "You can't see the puck in between your skates, but if you have that kind of cage on." You're never going to have to worry about getting a high stick and you're going to be bleeding or cut. Yeah, or dying from a puck to the face. I'll tell you what, those guys are so tough. I remember one time, real quick, and we'll get back to football, Stu Barnes is covering a game, gets hit in the face with a puck. I mean, dude, I would have been in the hospital. Yeah. This guy's just sitting there in the post game, just answering every question, eyes about to pop out, and he's like, yeah, no problem. Yeah, ask him what his name is now, though. <laughs> <laughs> We're all good. Everything's okay. Uh, all right, really quickly, the last part about Thursday Night Football as we spin this thing forward. Um, what the future now is for the Minnesota Vikings because this is going to be uh, an interesting season now as we move forward. Have Look, you looked at the schedule? Well, and that's it's why I wanted to bring up. So we have this 0-2 start. You come back home to take on the Los Angeles Chargers afterwards. You have to go on the road to beat the Panthers. And I would not. I would argue, too, the road game against the Panthers is not a circle it up, that's a win thing because no, 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 the no, way no. this team is playing, I think anything is a given, especially on defense because that's the underrated part that we lose sight of yesterday. It's not the fumble into the end zone. It's that your defense in 34 seconds gave up a field goal drive. Well, you know, what Philadelphia was basically conceding was on the first yes. day. They ran the ball, and they were, like, basically going to run it out. And then they give up the big run after that. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Yep. And, by the way, DeAndre Swift last night, he goes for, what, a buck 72, buck 75? <laughs> but you take away that long 40-yard run he had, he still averaged better than five yards a carry. Minnesota's got two major problems. They yep. can't run the football, and they can't stop the run. 175, 6.3 on the day. Yep. Yeah, but take out the long. No, I, I, know, think, I know what you're saying. Yeah, and he still averaged better than five yards per carry. And it's such a good point because you're right, and I think even Michaels pointed it out where the Eagles came out on that drive before halftime, and they were like, all right, let's just get out of here, run it twice, and you're like, oh, wait, we can complete like more pass. We're in field goal range. Let's do this thing right now. So this defense has problems. So Chargers at, uh, at home, Panthers on the road. Then you get the Chiefs before you get the Bears, but then the 49ers in Chicago. And Packers after that. Yeah, I mean, in Chicago. Right, who cares? They'll go beat the they'll go beat the Bears. They stink. Um, but regardless, I'd say four out of the next five games are very very challenging. No, I, I'm I'm not like I was half joking about trade Kirk Cousins to the Jets. Trade Kirk Cousins to the Jets. Make it work. You don't need him. You're not going anywhere. This thing is over. The, the Vikings are not making the playoffs. They're not contending in the North. Just write them out now. Your Packers bet looks better after last night. 
Oh, I mean, I love the Packers bet because it seems that everybody outside of Detroit, which we'll talk about later as we look ahead to next weekend. But well, first of all, if you weren't preparing for the NBA yesterday and you were here with us where you should have been, you would have known we talked about this team's probably going to be looking at a two and six start if they can't find a way yeah. to win that game last night. Oh, Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we, we were we were kind of ahead. Same same uh, brain wavelength here. This thing can get out of control very quickly. Because the Chargers, I don't know if they're going to win this week against Tennessee. You could have potentially two 0-2 teams, or you could have a 1-1. One one. John Von Model's got to project be a 4.8 win, so well, they're winning. So, so here's, here's the deal with the Charger game, right, is Chargers defense stinks, right? Minnesota's defense stinks. Wait a minute. But, but if you want to play into the, into the 30s and 40s, I trust the Chargers offense a lot more than this Vikings offense, simply because there is no semblance of a run game at all. You know, the reality is the Chargers failed in the last possession. Yes. Other than that, they were outstanding. We would have a completely different dialogue right now had they gotten that drive together and win the game. Because remember, Miami missed the extra point. And so all you needed was a field goal. If they get 40 yards, they win the football game. We're not even having this conversation about the Chargers. Well, this is a great point because it comes down to that moment right in the game. Yeah. And we go from, man, oh, what a loss for the Chargers. And then for the Dolphins, we're like, man, the Dolphins are awesome again. <laughs> exactly. They're fully, and I do like the Dolphins a lot, but there is a major, that was one of the bigger overreactions from the weekend is I get it was a road win. I get the offense looked so dynamic, but one or two things don't go the right way. And we're thinking about them differently. Right. You're ignoring one of the big issues, which was your defense stunk. Stinks. That you need. Still stinks. And I'm talking about from Miami's perspective, though, too, right? Which is you needed Tua to have an MVP-like performance to win by a point. Yes. Like that was, that's yes. kind of a problem if you're talking about Miami moving forward. You know, you said MVP, forget that. I mean, this was the game of a lifetime. He throws for 466. Uh, Tyreek Hill goes for 215. They were tremendous. They only had nine third down attempts. Yep. Think about it in a National Football League game. How often do you get less than 10 third down attempts? It's the Big 12. <laughs> it really is. It played like the Big 12. My correction, they won by two, not by one. But still, you get the yeah. Uh, all right, with that, let's start looking ahead to next weekend, or this weekend, I should say. Uh, and let's start, we can look at the top of the rotation, work our way around. I know uh, some of the older folks, 263, 264 on the <laughs> rotation. Um, I heard somebody on a gambling podcast ask that question. I, like, I don't what's the rotation that. number? No, I, I love a lot of people do that. I go, I don't know because I just press the button on my phone. Well, no, here's the thing. No, when you're looking on the odd screen, old guy, command F, all right? Find the game. Oh, JVT, we had a moment on the show about a month, month and a half ago where I taught Amal, Patrick, and I think one other person about Control-F, they had no idea it existed. Really? It's my favorite weapon. It's the only way I can do any work. It's the greatest thing ever. For those that don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, Amal looks blank. I think he forgot. For, for, I didn't forget. For, I, and just I, him, I was just hoping he didn't remember that I didn't know. And then I showed him on the cell phone there's a way to do it as sure. well. Yep, search on page. But So for those that don't know, Control-F on a, uh, on a Windows computer. Command you F control F. The, you can yeah, type in a yeah. word, and it'll search whatever page you're on on the internet, on a document, whatever PDF. It will find that word as many times as it shows up and take you to it. Yep. And you can click through. So you're welcome. Command F your way. Screw the rotation. Uh, to Los Angeles Chargers on the road against Tennessee Titans. Boy. So two and a half <laughs> altered juice around the board. There's threes out there as well with a total of 45 and a half for this game. So what do we do with this one? If you look at it from the perspective of the point spread, if you're giving me the full three, I can kind of understand it. Uh, if you're talking about taking it with Tennessee, they look like a team that is well-coached enough to stay in some of these contests. But focusing on Ryan Tannehill and that passing attack, the fact that DeAndre Hopkins is beat up too, I don't – look, I bet the Tennessee Titans. I have that 21-1 to ticket on them to be the worst team in the NFL. Oh. I think that that is a very real – a much bigger reality, of course, um, because of the bet that I made. Tannehill did not look good in week one. And, that, and I don't think a lot of that, when I went back to rewatch the game, had to do with the New Orleans Saints. I, had, I think it had a lot to do with the decline of a Ryan Tannehill. And DeAndre Hopkins did not look like the piece that people thought he was going to be. What do we make of this? Because the other part of it is the Chargers run defense stinks. And this is a game where Derrick Henry could probably come in and go buck wild. Well, first of all, I thought DeAndre Hopkins was done when a team like New England chose not to re-sign him. Mm-hmm. I mean, or to sign him when he went there as a free agent to potentially look at them as a suitor. They need receivers, and they didn't ch- uh, take him on board. I think this Tennessee team is going to struggle. Tannehill throws three picks last week. Now, the Saints did have one interception and one fumble themselves, but overall, 
I just don't think this offense is capable. Not, against this Chargers defense, you would figure they're going to be better, but can they score enough points? I think Dustin pointed out a few minutes ago, you're going to take Justin Herbert in a shootout any day of the week against Tannehill and company. Can this running game be effective? Now, when you look at the stats last week, Tua was tremendous throwing the football, but they weren't overwhelming on the ground, JBT, against the Chargers defense. So I don't know if they're going to be able to get that type of yardage from the 18-wheeler if they can then they'll be fine. If they don't, I think the Chargers cover the three, even though the number's creeping up. Boys, I am going to lay it on the road with the Chargers. I have no qualms with doing it. I am of the same mindset as JVT. I think this Titans run is over. There's going to be a rebuild. Mike Vrabel's job is not on the line. I do have concerns because Vrabel, I believe, according to my numbers, 24-16-1 ATS as an underdog. He's great as an underdog. We yeah, all get especially that. when he's kicking field goals down four. <laughs> So he does tend to cover, and he's at home. I understand all that. DeAndre Hopkins didn't practice for like two days this week, mm -hmm. and I don't know how much he has left in the tank. I can tell you Ryan Tannehill's arm does not have a lot left in the tank. That is noodling its way through the, through the game. He looks like penne pasta over there. Like it, it is a rough look watching him throw the football right now. I don't love this team at all. I like the Chargers bouncing back. I think they have more firepower. I don't buy into the early start for a West Coast team. Uh, in the central time zone, I'm going to lay it because I just don't think the Titans can score. And I don't think the team's very good. And I think we're going to see Will Levis at some point this season. That's part of my thinking in terms of making the bet for worst record. Two things to note. First off, Eckler and Bosa, both a little dinged up. Yep. We'll see what their status are going to be. Uh, Bosa's got a hamstring. Bosa's huge. Ryan Tannehill was under pressure on 42% of his dropbacks against oh. New Orleans. He was, a, and he was awful in those dropbacks. Yes. If Bosa's going to be able to get out there and apply some pressure, this offensive line did not look good in week one. There's a chance that it looks really bad again here in week two. Yeah, I'm laying it. I, look, I know you don't love laying points on the road, but in this situation, I just don't see what everyone else sees with the Titans. I love Mike Rabel. I think he's a great coach. And I, I can't wait to see what he does with the next iteration of this Titans team trying to make a run. They can't go shot for shot with the Chargers. They just can't. By oh. the way, Command F doesn't work on the Don Best screen. Oh, okay. It right, might be a, a JPEG. That could be why. Yeah, that could be hard. All right, we'll take our break. When we come back, we continue to roll through the schedule that is on the other side. Green Bay was a road favorite. What happened? This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Looking to be a better bettor? Of course you are, and tens of thousands of people have already turned to Juice Reel. That's Juice R E E L in the App Store. Juice Reel is not a sports book, it's a tool to help you beat the books. Juice Reel connects all of your sports betting accounts into one app, loads all your betting history, and gives you an analytical edge backed by nearly $1 billion in bets from sports bettors in all 50 states. Use that data to follow the winners and fade the losers. Don't place another bet until you've downloaded this revolutionary sports betting tool, Juice Reel. That's juice, like orange juice, real, R-E-E-L. It's absolutely free. Download Juice Reel to your iPhone or Android device today and become a better bettor. Speaking of juice, that's what this show's got. It's Jonathan Von Tobel, Mal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson as well as we are running through the rotation for the National Football League. What you got? But I'm juice, J-E-W-C-E. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, just clarify. <laughs> yes. Very true. Uh, the chosen people. All right, let's go. Atlanta, at home against Green Bay. I mentioned going out. If you were on this thing earlier in the week, uh, Green Bay was a road favorite at one point. They peaked at like one and a half. We're now one and a half the other way. Uh, I got in on this number at the wrong side. I laid one with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, it is one and a half here, so not a massive difference. Uh, don't feel too bad about losing out on this. I really think where the market is getting this right is driving this total down. Uh, we could talk about that angle too, but this total is now 40, one of the lower totals on the board. Uh, we saw this open up at 41 and a half in some spots. This is purely look. If you actually look at the numbers, Jordan Love and the pa Jordan Love specifically actually did not play that well yeah. against the Chicago Bears. And I think that when you watch the game, I left quite a few throws out there that could have made the deficit even worse for the Chicago Bears. This is, though, strictly a play against Atlanta. The skill positions are great. Absolutely fantastic. Desmond Ritter, though, that was an, that was an awful performance. When you have an average depth of target of just three and a half yards downfield, you can't throw it downfield. You're making reads simple. Your own head coach on a third and five, as we discussed, decides from the 30-yard line to just run it up the middle and then be happy with the field goal because he does not trust you to execute plays. I don't think that this team 
is any good, and I was willing to go in and play against them with the Green Bay Packers, who defensively I think are very good, even without the potential absence, or even with the potential absence of Aaron Jones. I would agree with you in most parts. I think the Falcons' defense is decent. I don't think it's great. I think it's okay to pretty good. Uh, this concern I have is the, both quarterbacks last week, you know how many completions they both had? Which one? Oh, between these two? They both had the same number. Oh, was it 14? 15. Yep. 15. The guy, Desmond Ritter, threw for, you guys remember how many yards? 16? 115. 115 yards. Yep. Same number of completions. Jordan Love throws for 245. Yep. That's right there, the difference between these two teams. you got a quarterback that's willing to push the ball, make some plays. Now, they had some opportunities where guys were open. I think they'll get some guys open in this game. I like this Packers team. They are going to look to negate the run, take their chances on Desmond Ritter. Can he beat them? I don't think he can do it. I'm with you, JVT. I don't understand this land move back to Atlanta here. And I'm going to tell you, if you're a teaser player, this is one of the best teasers of the weekend. Right now, six and a half on the Falcons. Uh, I'm sorry, a point and a half right now on the Falcons. So take six and a half with the Packers. Get that up to eight. Great number there. Couple notes for me. I am going to be on the first half under. It's a low number. It's 19 and a half, but I have some reasons for it. Uh, first of all, it's Jordan Love's first road game as the guy, right? So you can expect maybe not as crisp as you. Oh no, second road game. Sorry, second road game, right? Yeah, they're in Chicago. Yeah, last yeah year. second road game. Or last uh, week. I I don't think he will be quite as crisp as we expect from what we saw in Week One, because there's now more film on him as the main guy for Atlanta to look at. Secondly. I think the total going under is the play because the Falcons run the ball from scrimmage more than anyone in football. 54.2% of plays from scrimmage since the beginning of last year. That is the most in the NFL for them running the football. And for the pack, for uh, for passing-wise, they are last when it comes to passing the football. That would make sense. So they run the ball the most. They pass the ball the least Atlanta. Mm-hmm. That's why I think the total, 19 and a half, I'm going to go under. I don't expect either team to move the ball well against two defenses that I think are pretty good. Packers, everyone knows the names. They know they're pretty good. They've had a lot of first-round picks. And I think on the other side for the Falcons... They completely revamped this defense in the offseason. That line is a lot more fortified. I don't expect a lot of scoring early. I'm hesitant to go full game over because I do think there's a chance the Packers could eventually put it on Atlanta. Yeah, I, I would. I am. I'm very curious about Atlanta defensively because I did think a lot of the good play, specifically like Jesse Bates and the two interceptions. If you go back and watch. I thought 95% of those interceptions were on Bryce Young and the decision-making as opposed to Jesse Bates actually forcing something, right? You know, especially the second one. It's, it's actually kind of funny to watch. Bryce Young tries to look Bates off on the left side, and he's like, no, dude, you're not going over there, and just stays right where he's at, and, and Young tries to force it in. It was the exact same throw he threw the first interception on. So I'm really curious how this looks against them. But overall, it's all about, for me, Atlanta's offense. And when you look at that game against Carolina – overly reliant on explosive plays to set up everything. I think the uh, uh, Bijan Robinson and the touchdown that he had to, to start five yards in the backfield uh, yeah, and force what happened there is incredible. We all know what happened with the Kyle Pitts reception as well, accounting for what we'd say the 30% that, of the passing yeah, yards exactly. uh, that uh, Desmond Ritter had. So would be in here. Want to update the audience too. Romeo Dubs, uh, questionable. Or I don't think officially questionable. I haven't seen that, but has been limited in practice throughout yep. the uh, week. Uh, Rashawn Gary as well, and left guard Elton Jenkins. Uh, but looks like they are going to go. The real question, of course, is what's going to happen along the offensive line with Bakhtiari. I don't know if he's going to play or not. And Christian Watson didn't practice Wednesday. We don't know what's going to happen with him either. Uh, a note on Aaron Jones for prop betters. I don't have this already lined up, but it's just a note that I think is interesting. Aaron Jones was listed as questionable the other day. A.J. Dillon, his counterpart, has hit the receiving yards over in his last five away games. So on the yep. road, they've had to throw it more. Obviously, it's with Aaron Rodgers, not Jordan Love. But he's gone over his receiving yards total as that other running back in the backfield. It's set at 16 and a half on DraftKings now. Okay, I like it. Next one up, Indianapolis on the road against Houston. This is another one as well uh, where at one point you did have a flip of favorites, so we've gone through zero here. Houston is now a one-and-a-half-point favorite in this matchup. It's interesting because the look-ahead line was two-and-a-half, reopened on Sunday, Indianapolis, minus one, got to one-and-a-half. Now we're back in the other direction. Now Indy does have some real injury concerns, specifically along the offensive line. Uh, you have Quentin, uh, me, uh, Quentin Nelson, who has a toe issue, Brayden Smith, who has a knee and ankle issue as well. Both did not practice on Wednesday. They will be questionable heading into this game as to whether or not they're going to play. But I think the market kind of got this right. Uh, I actually teased Houston up. I have something in this game as well. When they were catching one and a half points, it's a low-scoring game. 
I thought Anthony Richardson was fine, but I think when you're looking at a divisional matchup between these two with two rookie quarterbacks, on the road defense going to be on a premium, right, and you're looking at a low-scoring game, I thought at the very least you could tease this either way, and you're going to be happy, and maybe you can do that right now. I've got a tease relay with Houston, come back and add Indianapolis, whatever you want, but I think this figures to be a very ugly contest. Well, especially you getting Houston when it was at a plus on the, yep. on the number, it's a good spot to come back with the Colts on a potential teaser here. This is a pretty good one. Guys, when you look at the injury list, there's concerns on both sides of the ball right now. Jimmy Ward questionable in this one for the Texans as well. Noah Brown lands on the injured list. He was a guy that came over from the Dallas Cowboys. Jalen Pitry, too. Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, John Menchie's still questionable. He's a guy that missed last year with uh, leukemia. You wanted him back in the lineup. Was it, um, you look at this on the flip side, Quentin Nelson with the toe concern. He's questionable in this game. You need him in that offensive line. I think it's a tough game to call, but um, this is one where it might end game, but staying away from the, uh, from the jump. I look forward to any highlights Scott Hansen shows me from this game because I have a lot of TVs in my house, and this <laughs> game on. will not be occupying any of those TVs this weekend. This is a brutal watch. Two rookie quarterbacks, I get it. There may be, Maybe you can find an angle on it, but this is one of those games where it's like, I'm going to look back on the season, and I'm sure this game happened. I will not remember anything or know anything that happens. Uh, it was something to point out, too, here. One of the questions for Indianapolis coming into the year, for those who aren't really following it, I'm a Colts fan, uh, they're really rolling with some experiments at corner. Uh, Dallas Flowers and Darrell Baker Jr., their two starting corners last uh, last week, didn't perform very well. PFF gave them, gave them coverage grades of 59 and 41.6, respectively. C.J. Stroud, I thought, actually did okay against Baltimore's defense, committed two turnover-worthy plays, wasn't really explosive. Back at home, inside, against these corners, I think he's going to have a little bit of a better performance and at least a little bit more comfort there, uh, but still think it's going to be an ugly, low-scoring game between these two. So You said they had a florist and a baker at corners that are a butcher at linebackers? <laughs> no, pr- pr- <laughs> no, but they, have a, they actually have one of the linebackers with one of the better names out there, EJ Speed. Better you, be fast. Yeah, I was going to say, you've got to be pretty good if you're going to be Although it could a, be like Little John, you could be ironically named that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, yeah. Uh, all right, with that, really quick, as we look forward for both of these teams, I'll ask you guys this before we get into the next games. Rookie quarterback after one game that you have more faith in after watching them, Anthony Richardson or C.J. Stroud? Well, Anthony Richardson, but I'll tell you, Stroud didn't play that bad. I thought he yep. missed some throws. I, I think overall he'll be okay. Uh, if I ranked the three guys from what I saw in week one, I'd go Richardson one, Stroud two, and Young three. I thought, Yeah, for Stroud, I don't, I'm not going to grade him too hard facing the Ravens in week one. Like, that's a really tough first matchup for a rookie quarterback. I didn't think he looked horrible. I thought Anthony Richardson really had some moments. I just don't like the scheme Indianapolis used him in. I think... I think they could have schemed him up better to make him more success, successful. Had to throw the ball way too many times. I know they were down, but they were in that game late in the second half. I would like to see more more utilizing of his legs. Only four designed rushes for Anthony Richardson yeah. in the first game. You'd expect that number to kind of increase maybe as it goes along, but we'll see. And maybe you're just working on stuff. Look, you know, it's a rookie year. You, let's just have him work on some of the issues that he's got. And we know that maybe this is going to be not a throwaway, but if you're going to work out the kinks as a passer with a young quarterback, rookie year's the year to do it. You know, I've not had a chance to really ask you this. What is your assessment of your Colts taking Richardson? Were you happy, oh, uh, indifferent? What absolutely was happy. You, all, right, it, all right, calm down. You didn't draft no, Peyton Manning. No, because here's the thing, Amal. Again, it, this isn't about what he can be. It's about what you've had at quarterback, and at some got point it. you've got to take the shot. And also, Anthony Richardson can do more on a football field than Peyton Manning could. I don't even know what to say. I, I would agree. Actually, it's, literally, he can do more. We'll talk about That's this when we come back. It's Start Money Your Visa. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps. 
in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Football's back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single game? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers commit $5 on football, get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now. Use code SHARP to sign up. New customers commit just $5, take home $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code SHARP. The crown is yours. Back here at the D Las Vegas. Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Patrick Maher, Jamal Shaw, and Dustin looking great in the. Uh, it's a terrible angle, man. Such a good a angle. Te- I'm glad you clarified that it was uh, the D, the casino, because normally the D, my bedroom, is a different aspect. That's right. Just slanging it all the time, right? <laughs> <laughs> you want to know why they call his. Oh, man, I had a good joke. I ruined it. <laughs> so you want to know why they call his bedroom the four? Because the fourth letter of the alphabet just gets slanged around all over the place. Which show am I on? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Seattle and Detroit. Let's go here. I did make a bet on this game yesterday. Uh, now, there are some questions, and I don't like it because I do feel like Detroit is a team that I did want to come in and play against. I laid four and a half last week with the Kansas City Chiefs uh, on Thursday night. Obviously, we know what happens in that game there. Thank you, Andy Reid, for the most useless lead in fourth quarter of NFL history. Uh, the six-point lead in the fourth quarter means absolutely nothing, and that came to fruition. However, part of it is the injury concerns for Seattle. Could be down both of their offensive tackles in this game. And the one thing that – and actually Detroit – I should say the one thing. Detroit did a lot of really good things in this game against Kansas City. But if you actually look at this, how about this? 24 pressures against Patrick Mahomes in that game on Thursday night to open up the NFL season. That pass rush was awesome. I think seven quarterback hits. Yep, and they were all over him. Uh, that is, for people doing that math, uh, 44.4% of the dropbacks for Patrick Mahomes under pressure. Now, he did well. He actually had a PFF pass but rate of 2.2, but that's exactly, that's him. Geno Smith, if he's going to face this pressure, that's going to be a really bad thing, I think, for Geno, who didn't play particularly well against the Los Angeles Rams. And if I think they're going to be able to replicate something like that, especially if both tackles are out, I think Geno's in for a long day. I laid four and a half with Detroit. I don't think it's a bad play at all. You mentioned it. Uh, you look at the Seattle team, mentioned both tackles being out there, cross being out. It's a big one. By the way, I think it's some good, actually bad news for Detroit that Jamal Adams is questionable. You'd like him out there in the secondary. But overall, <laughs> uh, when I look at this Detroit team getting the three additional days, now they're going to be without Taylor Decker, who's probably not going to play at tackle for them. Their offensive line is incredibly underrated and underappreciated. Panay Sewell, Jonah Jackson, this is a good offensive line. I think the confidence, look, I know they were saying all the things and all the pundits were picking them and everybody's picking them, but I think that was a great confidence builder for the Detroit Lions that went over Kansas City guys and the three additional days. 
Now, the offense didn't play great, so there's some things still to be corrected here. And I think it's a good opportunity against the Seattle team that was pedestrian at best on their side of the ball offensively. And Matthew Stafford looked great against Seattle's defense. I think a good opportunity for Jared Goff and company to get going offensively. So I'm uh, I'm considering a play here. I don't know if it's going to be first half or in the game, but it, it would be back in Detroit. Uh, Amal and I are not high in Seattle coming into the year. Like, we do not buy the Geno Smith three. thing. Yeah. So you're not either? No. Yeah, just uh, also the extra time. Let's factor that in as well. Uh, Kansas City and Detroit opened on Thursday. A few extra days of rest for this Detroit team. I love the way the front looked. You mentioned the two tackles out. Now, Lions do have some issues, right? The offense didn't look great, but that game was on the road to open the year. They come back home where they're a force. 10-1 ATS their last 11 games. 11-2 uh, ATS their last 13 games at home. They're on a 5-0 ATS run currently. I just think that them coming back to Ford Field, it's a different dynamic. Got to remember, not only did they win on the road in Arrowhead, but they were a much better home team a year ago. And by the way, Desmond Ritter said he was embarrassed by Geno Smith's yards per <laughs> attempt. Well, how about this? Like, the second half for Seattle, we, we do have to put it into perspective, right? Obviously, like, that's as bad as it gets for any team the way they performed. Uh, let's see, they ran no plays in their opponent's territory mm -hmm. in the second half in week one. <laughs> Successful plays on 12% of pass attempts in the second half of week one. The worst in the NFL. They had zero sacks in week one as a defense. They went two of nine on third downs. They were just abysmal. Also, this team's not good on the road. One in nine ATS their last 10 games. One in four ATS their last five road games. You mentioned the uh, offense and their ineptitude, right? We looked at a total of 180 yards, 85 on the ground, 95 through the air, and you mentioned the lack of sacks. But here's the bigger issue, JVT. 11 for 17 conversions by the Rams on third down. Yep. Also, I don't like the, the Seahawks' ability to score, so I found this little note. The Seahawks have run 12% of their plays in the red zone in the fourth quarter since the 2021 season. That's second worst in the NFL. You need them to score late to cover you in this spread? They're not going to do it. Yep. I would agree with all of those, and I think it's really worrisome, and we know about the issues of the offensive line. The, the, the Rams outs, don't really have a dominant pass rush. They pressured Geno Smith on over 40% of his dropbacks. Yeah. This, Who is on the Rams' defense other yep. than Aaron Donald right now? This front is going to be able to get after him in, in a really big way. I, I agree with you. I, I came away from the, the, the opener on Thursday blown away at how good that front for the, for the Lions looked. Hutchinson has taken a next step already. He's going to be up in Geno Smith's grill. It's just a matter if I lay it in the game or I lay it in the first half, but I will be finding a way to back the Lions here. Where do you guys stand on looking at look-ahead lines the week prior and the adjustments coming into the week? So the look-ahead line here was actually Detroit as a three-point yes. favorite. It got to as high as six-and-a-half, yep. and now we're back down to four-and-a-half. I think that now you're in that playable territory, thus I played it. I can understand some trepidation in proving this up to six-and-a-half, but I think you can look at the injuries for Seattle, what transpired against Los Angeles, how the Lions look from a pass rush perspective against KC, and you get to a point where you either downgrade the Seattle point, right, upgrade Detroit a point, yes. you get to two and a half or four and a half. I think you summarized it perfectly. When you look at the number, it got a little bit too high, and that's why you saw the buyback on the Seattle Seahawks. But more importantly, what you pointed out, which is the lack of continuity on that offensive line for the Seahawks and the defensive pressure and prowess we saw out of the Kansas, excuse me, out of the Detroit Lions against the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's where, to me, the rubber meets the road for this Seattle team. I think they're in a little bit of trouble here. Yep. Also, uh, the Jared Goff uh, interception, no interception streak is uh, on the line once again here. This, this is becoming Seattle. the Tomlin losing record thing. You don't like, like it? No, I've, just, I've heard it a thousand times. <laughs> well, I mean, it's bettable then. It's bettable. G uh, Jared Goff throwing interception over a half plus 135. You think he does it plus against the Seattle plus secondary? Plus 135. Wow. The I mean, under is minus 175. That's you, you know what's a pretty good bet? you gotta, you got to navigate three to four passes. Mm-hmm. They've got to be caught. They've got to be ones that are thrown to the defender pretty clearly where they catch it cleanly. You might have an unlikely Hail Mary situation. You might have two tip balls that you've got to deal with. And say whatever you want about Jared Goff. Like, he's not taking crazy shots down the field. Yeah. He's not going to Derek Carr it on third and four and throw it 30 yards down the field. Plus, I'm going to St. Brown, if it's a drop, it's generally going to go straight down. <laughs> it's not going to be one where he bats it up in the air and somebody's got a chance to make a play on the yeah. ball. Return it for an interception, right? you know, much like Kadarius Tony. Yeah. That, that freeze frame is still incredible. When you pause it, and he's got the ball right there. And it's like, no, that actually turned into a pick six. <laughs> nope. Uh, really quick. So I bring up the look-ahead line aspect because that's a really big factor in this next game. 271-272, uh, Chicago, Tampa Bay. Look-ahead line with Chicago minus one and a half on the road. This reopens at a three. Uh, and now we're sitting at two and a half altered juice, depending on where you look. Tampa Bay favorite on the road. We will talk about JVM coming up later in the show. 
This is the big one. John Von Model has us projected as a near 11-point win for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> okay, come on. Now, here's the thing. No, because you're right. And, like, I wrote, again, I wrote about this. It's so weird because the model, eight of the games are within two points. But the games that they have ed- it has edges on are massive. So I don't know what to do with it. Regardless, though, I do think Tampa Bay is the side. Again, playing with my angle, I think Chicago's overvalued. I don't think they should have been one-and-a-half-point favorites on a look-ahead on the road. This is a defense that I don't think is very good. This is an offensive line that allowed Justin Fields to get pressured again on over 40% of his dropbacks uh, last week. Fields still has an issue with holding onto the ball too long. This Chicago Bears team is not good, and we have talked about this before. Tampa Bay still has stuff to work with. Defensively, this should be a matchup. They're able to win. Todd Bowles, you guys don't think Todd Bowles is going after Justin Fields here? Put, sending extra rushers, testing that offensive line every which way. Looks like it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think Tampa Bay deserves to be favored. Do I actually think they're going to win by 11 points? No. But I think the market has gotten this right and flipping this back. The Bucks deserve to be favored here. The Bears stink. I would agree with you on the uh, Buccaneers deserving to be favored, but there's a few factors when you look back at the game. The Bears were terrible defensively. I thought they were competitive in the first half, and then the wheels fell off. Tampa was plus three in the turnover margin. Yep. They were not tremendous throwing the football. They weren't tremendous on the ground. It was a tight, close game. They win 20-17 to 17 against the Minnesota Vikings. I, JVT, I am with you. I never thought the Bears should have been a road favorite in this particular spot. But the two and a half or three, I think this is a fairly appropriate line. Not going to touch this game. I'm not sure which team we see in this matchup. I think the Bears could show some improvement this week. And I think the Buccaneers might all of a sudden fall off if they're not benefiting from turnovers as well. So for me, a little bit of a stay away spot on either side. But I think you make a good argument. I didn't understand the overvaluation of the Chicago Bears coming into the season. I think I'm back in the Bears in this one. And it, it's a stretch. I will admit it's a stretch. Uh, Baker Mayfield, we played a clip from uh, Rashad White, the running back for Tampa. Apparently, he knew Minnesota's uh, checks at the line. Please go where I think you're going to go with So this. every time that he audibled or they, they showed something, he knew exactly what Minnesota was going to. Also, they limited Minnesota to 41 rush yards in week one. Turns out maybe that wasn't uh, because Tampa's defense. Maybe Minnesota's offense just can't run the football. I'm going to take the two and a hook simply because the look-ahead line factor. It was one and a half. It's now two and a half. I'm going to back the Bears. I may be wrong, but this is a situation where I think there's an overreaction to how good the Bucks are. Also, Baker Mayfield knew the signs. He averaged 5.1 yards per attempt. <laughs> they won the game. <laughs> That's a good point. All right, we'll come back. we got some news uh, result there, excuse me, concerning the Carolina Panthers and their defense. Don't go anywhere. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com.